Hello and welcome to Landscape Photography World. I'm Grant Swinburne and I'll be your host on this show discussing the world of landscape photography. This time I'm talking to Serena Jackson about her landscape photography journey. Living in Randwick in Sydney South, Serena is an amazing photographer and a founder of In Focus Women. We discuss that group and how it's grown into a worldwide phenomenon with a book showcasing incredible female photographers' work being released soon. We also look deeper into the importance of photography for mental health and well-being. I hope you enjoy the show. Hi, Serena. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? I'm really good, Grant. How are you? Oh, pretty good. Pretty good for, for lockdown. How's that affecting your creativity? How, how are you staying motivated? Oh, I'm not, to be honest. Um, lockdown is killing me. I've, I've, uh, I, I live in Randwick, which is great because it's close to all the amazing places to go shoot, but um, I live in a house with three cats, three dogs, three other humans, and uh, my, my time out of the house is me shooting, and, and so I'm really struggling with the lockdown. Um, so my, create, my creativity is, feels like it's at zero or minus, which is oh, That's no good. No good. When was the last time you got out to shoot? Just, just before lockdown or was it a it couple was, of weeks? And, and I, it was. And it was probably a week or two before lockdown and I think it was Bronte and I was, and you know what, I was there and I was like, um, oh, God, I'm back at Bronte again. <laughs> and now I would give anything to go and shoot at Bronte. <laughs> Uh, how, how do you think the, the, the pandemic's changed your attitude towards travelling and photography? Has it changed? Um, look, it's really interesting because it's funny. I bought a, a well, I, I invested in um, a motorhome in, in uh, December last year because I thought, nice. yeah, I thought international travel is going to be um, something that we're not going to see for a little while given what happened last year. And I thought, best, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to travel. Australia and I'm going to take so many photos. I'm going to be so amazing. I started the 365 where I was going to post a photo every day for a year yep. and I was just going to have so much uh, uh, stock and amazing photos from all over Australia that I was going to take from my motorhome. Motor yes, no. <laughs> motorhome still parked in the driveway. The, the motorhome is spiderwebbed out the front of my house at the moment <laughs> and the neighbours don't like it. <laughs> uh, never mind. Um, I guess one of, one of the things that, uh, and one of the re main reasons why I wanted to talk to you and I'm, I'll be talking to uh, your, your, your partner in crime in this, uh, Steph Vella, shortly, hopefully, um, you, you've been involved in In Focused Women. Can you tell us what that is and how it's going? I can. So Steph and I, um, I met Steph from um, doing a private workshop with her a couple of years ago. Uh, and while we were talking, I I was a, a bit of a beginner as a photographer. And and I we were talking about how every time we turned up to a meet or a workshop or something, it was it was mostly males. And and it's not a male bashing session. It was just that it's a very different feeling and, and also yeah. a sort of element of safety. If I'm going to rock up somewhere at 3am to do a bit of astro or 4 or 5am to do a sunrise and I'm the only one there, it can sometimes it's a bit of safety as well. Yeah, no, I, so, I, I can understand it can be quite confronting that, you know, if, particularly if you, as you say, if you're the only uh, female in the group. Well, I remember being down at Row. Um, before sunrise, so it, it would have been about 5 a.m., a, a, a probably about a year ago or maybe. I, you know what, time stands still with, with COVID, but I'm standing there setting everything up and I'm looking around and I'm just watching the waves and then suddenly there's just this cigarette smoke scent that comes mm -hmm. across my nose and I'm like, I'm not the only one here. <laughs> how, is, <laughs> how is that the case? And it happened to be a group of sort of, I don't know, weren't teenagers, but they were older and they'd obviously been out all night and they were sort of sitting there. And so they were no harm. But for, for a couple of minutes, I just felt this fear of um, who was there and what was going on. So, yeah, yeah. But so Steph and I started talking. We thought that it would be a, a really great opportunity of just starting something local 
So mm-hmm. really something Sydney-based. So we 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 got we, we thought in focus women was a good name. And we started and and it's sort of it's grown worldwide. We've we've just kicked over, I think, about thirty six thousand tag photos. Yeah. Um, and we're getting people or ladies from all over the world um, who have sort of come in and said, this is a really great environment. It's a great space. We hold meetups. We hold online meetups because obviously not everybody's in Sydney. Sure. We hold workshops. It's, it's, so it's just sort of become something which we never thought was going to be, um, but it is. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm really impressed, A, with uh, the, the number of people that have joined up because I, I've been watching it, oh, I don't know don't know when I first started noticing it, but um, the, the other side of it is the, the quality of the work and that's, oh. you know, it's, uh, some of it is just absolutely mind-blowing, you know. I am um, because I post. Uh, I do a photo every morning and every night. So and I and I see everything that's been tagged and I see everybody that's um, and I I get blown away. So one of the beautiful things about it is it's actually inspiration for me. So yeah. I just see this, this immense talent come through my feed um, that they've tagged us and they've gone out of their way and it's literally Peru or you know. Uh, anywhere in Europe it's people from all over the world who are tagging it and and I sort of sit here from my place going oh I don't feel very creative at the moment and then I look <laughs> and I look on and there's 60 tag photos and I'm like, okay I'm going to flick through it. and they're all amazing and I yeah, just yeah. You know, it's it's it is it is it is very inspirational to see the, the talent that is there yeah, no, I, I I think it's amazing, and I I mean I, as I say I th- I think it's a really good idea, you know I've I've got three daughters, so you know I mean I I personally never experienced you know that sort of fear of walking around, but I know talking to them, talking to my wife and so forth, you know there there is definitely particularly you know in in big cities, you know a, a fear that you know you could be assaulted, and I guess. Uh, hopefully you never have, but have you ever experienced the, the effects of any of that or, you know, any any difficulties about photography being so male-dominated? Well, look, I haven't, um, in, in photography-wise, I mean, certainly in other areas, that's a whole other story, but in, in photography-wise, I, I felt uncomfortable a couple of times, but mm-hmm. I've never... I've never, I've heard lots of stories. I, I think we were recently talking to some ladies and um, one lady sort of turned around and said, this man just sort of came up and started taking lenses out of my bag and, and, oh, wow. and checking them out. And, and I mean, that's not okay. That's no. just sort of not an environment. But, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty thick-skinned, so I don't, I think about where I'm going to go before I go. Um, yep. And there's plenty of places that I won't go unless I'm with somebody else. Um, and But there's, there are a lot of stories and there's a lot of women who feel the same way. Yeah, yeah. And, I, I mean, it's it, it, to, to me it's a sad indictment on, on our society that, you know, that women feel that way. Um, but, you know, I, I, I think things like In Focus Women and so forth, I think that really gives an opportunity to sort of tilt the balance a little bit and you know as you said you know you, you you've obviously communicated with quite a few of these uh the, these women in, in the past around their experiences in in photography um and you know I, I just think it's a fantastic initiative and something that's you know really admirable and i, I i'm t- totally blown away every time i look in the uh in the feed uh, at the uh the, the posts that are coming through the, the, there's just some fantastic stuff there i have um i i do something similar to you i know you do your sort of friday features and i sort of yep. do that every now and again on mine but i i do that um through in focus women regularly and and we sort of do the stories that is 40 or 50 sort yep. of a week that comes through literally because we can't feature everyone and there's just no. so yeah. many and it, we 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 um recently uh, put out this is um, 
for uh, an exhibition. So Steph and I sort of sat down and we said, let's do an exhibition. We've got this amazing gallery in Darlinghurst and it's going to be great. It's going to be really small because we're, you know, we thought that it was going to be pretty small. So we put out this, this exhibition and we put out that we were going to do a book with the exhibition. Um, we were so inundated with photos from all over the world and, and for both the exhibition and the book. Sadly, we had to postpone the exhibition because of the uh, lovely COVID Sydney lockdown that we're in at the moment. Yeah. But we, we did the book and we, we originally priced the book on sort of uh, 40 pages thinking that we'd get 10 people, we'll put four yeah, pages, yeah. four pictures in. We're at 112 pages. Wow. And everyone has got one photo and it's crazy. And we had to cut it off. And we said, yeah. right, you go in the next one. And they're literally ladies from all over the world. Yeah. We had to chase off a lady today from Brazil. So is, is that is that uh, published and released yet, or are you? No, it's being printed as we speak. Brilliant. Okay, I'll oh, definitely. It'll be, out. it'll be out soon. Definitely keep an eye out for that. I wouldn't wouldn't mind that. Um, I mean, I I kind of collect photography books. You can't see a lot on the on the shelf on on the shelves here behind me. These are these are the novels. I've got another uh, bookcase elsewhere in the house, which is where all the the uh, quarto size books hang out <laughs> well this is our first one and we're, we're again we we're just constantly blown away by the support that we've received um and i guess this shows that there's a need for something like that there's Absolutely. nothing really yeah. the same as what we're doing and um i, I just love you know, when you feature someone and they they email you straight back going, oh, my God, I just woke up and I saw this and this has actually made my day because of this, this, this and this reason, yeah. which is also, you know, it's, it's it's the little messages that you get back. It's the the change that it, the difference that it makes to them. And it might not be someone with 50,000 followers. It might be someone with 200 followers. That, that changes their way of viewing themselves. Absolutely, as, yeah. And as an artist, I think. Def, definitely. I mean, I sometimes, you know, look at look at some of my work, you know, particularly from some of the early days and you, you, you kind of look at it and you go, yeah, it's, it, it's okay, it's, you know, but until you actually sort of get it out there and get other people commenting on it, you've got no idea, you know. And I, I think every artist sort of goes through that, Oh, I'm no good. My it, it, my work's not good enough, etc. You know, you you do go through that, and you know the the thing that I've and I've I've spoken to uh, a few people uh, on a number of platforms about their work, and you know when they've sort of expressed, you, you sometimes see these posts that you know some, somebody's obviously hurting somewhere. You know, and I, I tend to reach out to some of those people and just sort of say, look, you know, what you're doing is actually amazing and what you, you know, what, I, what I'm seeing of your work, you know, it, it's it's as good as anything else that I've seen, you know. And yeah. if you can give somebody a bit of a boost like that, it makes makes a massive difference, you know. A perfect example is there's a, there's a lady who started following us really early on and she was posting photos with her phone, uh, clearly. And and I'm I'm not certainly speaking out of school, but they weren't. She was she was definitely a beginner. And then, in the last eighteen months, she's gone from being this beginner to um, clearly thinking about what she's doing, taking, yep. and then the, the photos that you can literally. If I went you see through the progression, and, yeah, progression from start to finish has been unbelievable. And I message her regularly and I just sort of say, you know, what you're doing is amazing, this is fantastic, keep going. Um, and and that to me is what this is about. It's, it's yeah. Fun. Yeah, I mean, if, if you can find a community of like-minded people uh, that you can, you know, that you're going to get some encouragement. But, I mean, you don't, you don't want... Uh, I guess facile pats on the back, you know. Yeah. Um, you you want you you want good honest feedback, and uh, I think I said in my first uh, episode where I talked a bit about myself 
Um, you know, one of the one of the best things that I did was actually join up with some forums where uh, cr constructive criticism was yeah. a big part of that forum and a big part of you know the, the the purpose why I joined was somewhere where I could actually go and say, all right, because I mean I've I've been taking photos to, you know since I was ten, not yeah. seriously for a long time, but um, you know. I take them for my own enjoyment. I don't yep. take, I, I, I quite frankly don't care what someone else thinks of them because if I create, and, and as I say, you know, I'll look at some of my early work and I go, oh, it's, it's rubbish compared to what I can, what I can do now. But then I didn't know then what I know now. And, you know, it's that honing of the craft and honing of the ability that, and that journey from, you know, that beginner sort of phase through to where you're starting to, and I, I don't call myself a master of photography in any way, shape or form, but I know my work is okay and it can stand up next to, you know, some, you know, some, some other, yep. you know, photographers work, you know, and if people like it, that's great. I like it. That's the main thing. You know, you know what? That's what it's about. So we, we do this for us and we we do this because, I mean, it's not my livelihood, it's not your livelihood, um, and it's pretty much not most people's livelihood. It's certainly some yeah. people's livelihood. If it was my livelihood, I wouldn't get the enjoyment out of it that I get. I wouldn't, it wouldn't be my sort of meditation slash um self-leveling that I get from just going out yeah, and yeah. being me. I don't necessarily like going out with a lot of people shooting. I just like hanging with myself and yep. the element. And doing it with people now and again is great, but that process that you, you know, you forget everything. It's just you and nature and sunrise. Yeah, it's, and it, it's the concentration that you've got to put into it. You know, you've got to focus, you know, pardon the pun, but you've got to focus on what you're doing. You've got to focus on your composition. You've got to focus on have I got my settings right? You've got to focus on what's the light doing? Do I have to change my settings? Do I put a filter on? Do I leave it off? What sort of shot am I going to do? And it's all of that thinking that goes on that just clears your mind of everything else. And I, yeah. I, I get the same feeling also when I bring stuff back and process it, you know, because it's then, okay, what am I? What am I trying to achieve with this shot? You know, and some there's there's some things which uh, you know uh, I, I posted one actually which was a a, a pano uh, uh, what was yesterday I think anyway uh, it was shot down at Molly Mook. It was shot some years ago, which is uh, one of my favourite places in the world. Oh, same here. I, I oh, love it. I, I love the South Coast. I love anywhere on the coast. To be honest, yeah. the South Coast, then the South Coast. That's yeah. But um, you know, it, it was a, a fairly simple, uh, you know, portrait mode. Uh, I think it was five or six shot pano yeah. from where the sun was just peaked peeking over the horizon, getting that lovely side light, some nice shadows across the beach and everything. I managed to even leave my camera bag in the shot where I you know, had, a, had a bigger camera bag than the one that I've got now. Um, and I left that in shot um, and I, did, I didn't, didn't clone it out, didn't do anything to it. I did a few contrast adjustments. I adjusted... Um, the saturation down a bit because it was a little bit oversaturated in the reds and yellows. But beyond that, I didn't do anything to it other than stitch it together. And, you know, I, I, I got some really good feedback. I didn't think it was that great a shot at the time that I took it, you know, because it was, oh, I, I'll try and record this pano. And, 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 but it sat on the, it, it has literally sat on my hard disk now for nearly, five years and I haven't yep. touched it. And it. <laughs> finally, yeah, in, in lockdown because I've got time <laughs> and nothing happens. else to shoot and nothing else to look at because I'm constantly going, what's the next thing, you know? Um, but it was it was really interesting just to bring it out and do nothing to it virtually, yeah. you know, just, just some contrast and, you know, a bit of saturation and, and a downward saturation, not, not upwards. Um, and... 
came out with a nicest shot. I did, as I say, I posted it. I didn't think much of it, um, but I got some nice comments and people enjoyed it. Again, we, we, I mean, I look. There's a lot. The social media is a, it's a beast. It's a, it's a, it's a world of its own, and a lot of us live by it, and a lot of us don't. I um, it's funny. I, I post photos that I absolutely love, and they, no one likes them, and then I post one exactly like what you just said, and. Oh, this is all right. I, I you yeah, know, it's, it's B roll. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sort of got to feel like I've got to get something up. So I go yeah. do it. And then it goes nuts. And you're sort of sitting there going, well, why? <laughs> <laughs> what do people like about that that I don't? You know, but that's, that's the thing. It's a very subjective, uh, you know, uh, art form. All, all art is subjective, I guess. But, you know, if, if people like it, they like it. If they don't, they don't. You know, it's, it's just the way that it is. Therein lies your question: Is it is it landscape photography? Is it a, a taking of a real place, or or is it art? Uh, I mean, yeah. there's a whole big esoteric question we could spend hours answering. I'm sure. Well, yeah. I mean, I I, I was actually listening to another podcast uh, the other day where um, a, a particular photographer slash artist, whatever you want to call them, and they 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 they're quite open about the fact that a lot of their work they use composites composites so but one of the things that they're very clear on is when they post it on social media it's a composite to the same podcast for the other day (laughs) yeah but it's this is a this is a composite do not try and find this because it's not real yeah and I think if you're honest and you you're open about it, it, it's okay. It's when I think you're trying to deceive people into saying, "Yeah, well, the moon really was that big." Well, yeah, was it? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I, my Photoshop skills aren't that talented, so everybody knows yeah, what well, I. And, and that's the thing. I mean, you do have to be, you know, pretty nifty with your your Photoshop yeah. if you're going to get into that sort of thing, because. If you if you don't do it right, it really shows, you know. Yeah. But if you know how to do it well, and you you do do it, no, I, I I do a few composites and I do do the odd sky replacement, particularly now because you know I, I, I don't have a lot to work with. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, what what would you say um, the influences on you? Uh, from you know your sort of creative process, what it, what what are the things that make you go, oh, that's a good idea, I'll do that. Yeah, look, I I got into photography or landscape photography. I've sort of been taking photos all my life, and there's the, you know I look at my iPhone and I've I think I've got one hundred and twenty thousand photos sitting in the wow. cloud because I I take you know so many of them, but. Um, uh, David Rogers, so down on the Sapphire Coast, a yep. mate of mine. Um, so if I had to go for inspiration, he'd, he'd be the, the person who put the, the Sony in my hand and said, here, off you go. Um, but inspiration, it, it's sort of, I actually look at, um, the like I was talking about before, the lady who's just her journey. So I, I go look at those sorts of people and if I, because I'm definitely in a creative slump at the moment, um, I, I go look at people that are completely not like me, so they don't take photos like I take. Yeah. Because yep. my photos are fairly, you know, they're, 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 they're fairly not generic at all, but I live in the eastern suburbs, so I spend a lot of time at Bronte, Bondi, Coogee, Maroubra, yep. you know, that kind of thing. The yeah, they're, they're easy, easy to get to, yeah. They're easy. Um, so I look at photo photographers that are not like me and then I go, right, I want to do that or I want to try that or I want to go there. And, I, again, I had this long bucket list of places to visit this year in my motorhome, um, but alas. Yep. <laughs> so what, what sort of things are you aiming to express through your photography? Um, when I first started, I was just trying to get a good shot. Now I'm I'm trying to learn to tell the story. I'm trying to get the composition for the story, and then I'm, which I don't necessarily put into words with with my with my posts, but in the background I I've, I've got it. So I've got this sort of catalogue of stuff that I've I've got, and then I I really feel like the next step 
for us is our our legacy that we leave of of taking the photo but leaving no trace. So the conservation side yep. of it. I'm not, not trying to wave big green banners or anything like that, but you can any anyone that you talk to um, can go and talk about places that are changed because of Instagram. And yeah. you will know that. Go to the Blue Mountains, go to any of the beaches here, go to Diamond Bay, go to, you know, down the south, just just at um, Wedding Cake Rock, you know, all of those sort of places. We we've our environment's changed because of Instagram. So are we responsible or do we have a responsibility to try and change that for the better? Yeah, is I yeah. guess my next step from hey, I can take some flow on a rock and it looks great with some nice sun. Yep. Got it. So yeah, that's kind of where I'm headed. So the story, the photo, the composition, and then what I can draw into that. Yeah, yeah. So do you do you think where you live influences how you shoot or has influenced how you shoot? I look, it's certainly influenced my catalogue. Um, because you know, I Yeah, there's been, always the Bronte Mondai. Yeah, I'm, I live a kilometer from Coogee Beach, so yeah. um, I'm, you know, I'm regularly there. But I got real, and it's funny with this COVID thing and the lockdown. I got really tired and bored and low and creativity blocked because they were the places that I went all the time. Yeah. And now, I mean, again, now I'd love to go and set my legs up at, you know, my tripod up at Bronte and take some good photos. But um, I think that where I live is narrowed my view, but mm -hmm. I think it's now really wanting to expand it. So I see all the other places um, where I want to go, where I want to be. Um, I, I've got to travel to get to a waterfall. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can get some great coastal shots, but I, I want to get, I want to try Astro, I want to try do some more waterfalls, I want to do that sort of stuff. So that's sure. planning, that's getting somewhere. So, yeah, it limits you. I think where I live does limit me. Yeah, interesting, interesting. Um, so what, uh, what, what do you think is probably the, the, the main, uh, other than COVID at the moment, what, what's the limiting factor in terms of, you know, that travel to and the planning of getting somewhere. I mean, I, 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 I get to travel kind of anywhere to take any kind of shots living in the middle of suburbia where I am. And, you know, to get to the coast is about an hour to get to the nearest waterfall. Uh, there's probably one up near the Blue Mountains that I could get to in probably three quarters of an hour. That's, that's probably the closest thing that I, I think I could get to. Um, so what 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 do you think? Uh, so you know, I guess for me, I I, I can set my alarm for three o'clock and still not know where I'm going to go and shoot. Yeah, I'm the same. Decide as I'm going down the M4 or the M7 or whatever it is, depending on which you know way I felt I should turn left or right coming out the driveway. <laughs> yeah, it's and and that's that's. That's what it feels like living where we live. Like I was, I was recently talking to a group of ladies in America, and you know they're in Utah and Colorado and Alaska no, and California yep. and all these amazing places. And and I said, oh, I'm bored. I'm in Sydney, and they all sort of went, you're in Sydney. That's amazing. Whatever. And I'm like, no, nah, it's boring. You can only yeah. take so many photos of the Opera House. You can only take so many photos of the Harbour Bridge. And you can only take so many photos of all these other places. So I feel like we live in a place that limits us because to get to the next level for us is a is a journey. We have to yeah, go sure. for a day or a, a weekend or not, you know, like it's and and I I mean I, I work full time, I've got kids, they've got sport, they've you know, it's so the photography for me is a small part, albeit my one of my favourite parts. So I think life limits it as well. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if it's not your full-time gig, it's it, it's always going to have to come second best to family and work. You know, I, I, yeah. I certainly know, know that feeling and, you know, there are times when I'd love to be there, you know, in front of that beautiful sunset that I can see out the window, but... Oh. 
you know, family demands or work demands, I've, I've got to be somewhere else, so, you know. And haven't there been a lot through lockdown? Yes. Like, <laughs> walking the dogs at night and you just see this burn from you. It's like, oh, my God. Just, yeah. You just want to someone that, that's not going to help us either. No, definitely not. So what, what sort of routine do you have when you go out to uh, go out to shoot? So you, you've come out the driveway, you've decided to turn left or right or whatever, and you've, you've, left, decided, on, right. yep. yeah, you've decided on where you're going to go. <laughs> uh, I think where I go in the morning depends on how late I've woken up. So do I need to get there in a minute <laughs> or can I take four or five? Um, look, I, I, I turn up to where I'm going. Um, I look at... I, Look, if I'm planning on going out, I, I generally look the night before at clear outside and windy and yep. um, and sort of feel like what it's potentially going to be and then I sort of decide where I want to be based on sea level or tide or where the sun, you know, where it looks like it's going to be. Sure. And I, go and I, I just sort of sit and, and look for a while. So when I go for a sunrise, I do try and get there well before so that, yep. It's dark. I'm usually the first person there, and I can just sort of feel it to see what the the, the looks like the sun's going to do, or whether there's clouds or not clouds, whether this looks like it's going to be cover, whether there's surf or no surf, um, and I just sort of take it all in, and that's part of my process is just that absorbing and feeling. And again, it's not woo woo or weird. It's just enjoying doing that that. And, and then getting to a point where I feel like I've got a shot. Yep. And where that's going to be and what's that going to look like. And then I start taking those early and I start getting long, long exposures and then they slowly cut coming and then you stick a filter in and then you go, oh, this is a disaster, and then you move spots. <laughs> <laughs> so has your routine changed, I guess, from where you, where you started out to what, what you do now? Definitely. So now I consider the composition and the story more. Um, I used to try and oh, I used to go and, and try and take 30 different comps and just move around and hope that when I got home one would work. Yeah, throw, um, throw a lot against the wall and see what sticks, yeah. Exactly. Um, now I consider it more, you know, I, I consider the heights of the tripod more. I consider the angle. I consider we were just talking, you know, before about the, the pano, the five-shot sort of pano, whether yep. that's going to work. or So you think about that aspect more and, and trying to get it better in camera than taking it back and my editing skills are there. They're not great, but I'm learning all the time thanks to, I mean, YouTube University is amazing. Um, mm. But... So I, I try and do that more in the pre-planning and I think you've got to get there earlier to get that. Yeah, right. What about processing? When You, you mentioned that you didn't, you know, uh, you, you don't claim to be a Photoshop expert. I don't, I don't know who is. But <laughs> no, there are some out there. They, they have yeah. lots of tutorials that you can pay a lot for. No, look, I, I do. There's a few I freebies that. out there too, which, are, which, which I've... I've Taken gratefully. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. I um, I, look. I use Lightroom. I, I probably do no eighty percent of my um, edits in Lightroom, which are mostly uh, highlights. You know, making the light right. Um, I, I stay away from vibrance and saturation. Don't go near them. Don't go near clarity and texture. They they just they're they're horrible. Um, and then I can't seem to ever get right. Dust, I've got terrible camera dust spots on my camera because I can't clean them for anything. So, But I, I take those out in Photoshop. That's one thing I do know how to do in Photoshop because yeah. I don't think Lightroom does that uh, as well as Photoshop does. Um, and I shoot with a Sony, so I find Sony's very blue. So um, okay. you shoot with a Canon, I, I think, from memory. Yeah, I, I like so, the blues in the Canon. It, to, to be honest, it's one of the reasons why I went with Canon was actually quite like the way that it rendered blues. Yeah, so I find Sony's very cold. So yeah. if you, I think so when you get into Photoshop, you feel like you can just sort of bring the warmth back into it a little bit to probably where everybody else is. So yep. Sony's an amazing, I mean, I, I think the 
Oh, the dynamic range on it's fabulous. Incredible. Yeah. 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 But I feel the colour in say Fuji or Canon is is far better than Sony. So you've got to play with that a little bit and just bring it back to the warmth, which I do in Photoshop. And then I get it back to um to 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 Lightroom to do the the sort of local adjustments, which I'm only just learning. Um but that's kind of it. If I spend more than 20 minutes on a photo, I feel like I've spent too long because I've, okay. I've probably killed it. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, depend, I mean, depending on what I'm doing, if I'm getting into composites and things, I, I can be spend, spending, you know, four, five, six hours on a shot. But um, I, I, would love I, don't do, I don't do it a lot. And I usually don't do it all in one sitting either. It tends to be an hour and then, you know, get up and go and do something else for a bit. And usually because you come to, uh, well, for me anyway, I, I come to a not so much a creative block or a, a, it might be a, a technical block where I'm just sort mm -hmm. of sitting there, okay, how do, I, how do I do that, you know? And usually I find if I walk away from it, think about it a bit, I'll go, yep, Worst comes to worst, I'll sit and watch some YouTube videos to to work it out. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I usually find though that I I can nut it out once once I take a break and then come back to it. And but yeah, uh, yeah I mean that most most shots though, I'm I'm kind of with you. You know, the, I mean the one that I posted yesterday literally took me. Oh, I'd be surprised if it took ten minutes. Yeah. Um. But, you know, most shots, probably about the 20-minute, half-hour mark is, is fairly standard. I just, um, it's funny, I, I, you know, you hear talk, people talk about luminosity masks and all these amazing things, which I'm sure would make take my shots to that whole next level that, I, that I'm trying to get to, but I, I'm, uh, I'd love to understand them. I'm, I'm a mere lawyer, which is not very technological. <laughs> Um, well, I'd be happy to uh, offer you a, a tutorial on it, and it, it really helps though if you've got uh, you know some of the panels that help you create them because creating them man manually is a, an absolute fiddle. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I don't have any of those panels, so that you, I might I might tap you on the shoulder for that because I'm yeah. Not so there, there's there, there are a couple of free ones which. Uh, do some basics. I've got one uh, from Jimmy McIntyre, uh, Raya Pro, um, mm -hmm. and he he's built a, a fairly amazing one. There's uh, Lamenzia, who does that? Greg Benz does Lamenzia. There's there, there's half a dozen others out there as well. But if if you if you have one of those panels, and as I say, if you start off with the free one, see how you how you go. But um, if you're in into sort of playing around with that, the, the reason why I do it is I don't have a Sony, so I don't have that amazing um, yeah. dynamic range on the Canon. Uh, it's, it's good, and for certain lighting conditions, it's great. But when you get that real broad contrast between, you know, the sun after it's popped above the horizon and some deep shadows... Um, yeah, the, the, the Canon just can't, can't, you can't dredge enough out of the shadows without noise for the, you know, short, yeah. shorter, um, you know, ex exposures. So you've got to go longer to get the, the, the detail out of the shadows if you want it, you know. So I, I tend to, tend to do, uh, that bracketing and then using luminosity masks to, you know, blend them together and give you, give you a, 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 a what I aim for is kind of the range that the eye can see. So yeah. if you were standing, you know, the thing that I'm trying to do with most of my photography, you know, is give someone the feeling that they're actually standing there looking at the scene, you know. Yeah, occasionally I'll do something a bit weird and, uh, and wonderful, but mostly it's trying to represent the scene as I saw it, you know. Um, and, you know, to be honest, you know, the, the thing I find with the lumini, luminosity mask is that you get so much more control over that tonal range and mm. you can you can adjust, you know, when you, you mentioned selective adjustments. You can adjust, you know, 
increments of highlights or colour or contrast specifically using those masks. And it, cool. it, it makes a makes a real difference to the the the, the way that you can make the uh, the image look. Um, I mean, a lot of my contrast adjustments they're done selectively, so I normally uh, u- using uh, Jimmy McIntyre's Raya Pro. I create a set of uh, luminosity masks which are set for the brightest highlights. A tone or two down from the brightest highlights, two tones of mid-tones, two tones of shadows. And then what you can do is you use a curves adjustment layer to tweak. And sometimes it's a very subtle tweak. Sometimes it's a little bit more dramatic, but mostly... Isn't that the the more longer you take photos, the smaller the adjustments become? Uh, tends to be, yeah. I mean... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was talking to somebody the other day and, you know, everyone sort of starts with, you know, the, the saturation and clarity and everything up to 100. You know? <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> um, to be honest, I don't think I've ever ever really done that because I've never liked the way that those sorts of no, shots look. But, you know, you do tend to, I, I think as you learn your craft and you put in the yards to, to understand it and you then understand processing and for me, um, there, there's actually a really good one, F, F64 Academy. Yeah. Uh, the, his, his stuff, uh, what's his name? Something Rudis. I can't remember his first name, so apologies if he's listening. I doubt he will. <laughs> um, but you never know. You never know, maybe in the future. Um, but he really has a deep understanding of what the settings in Photoshop are doing to each yeah. pixel and a deep understanding of uh, colour and how colour actually works. And he uses colour wheels in his tutorials quite a bit. And I've just learned a, a massive amount, you know, in the last probably six months out of mm. watching some of his videos and understanding, you know, what, what some of these subtle changes can actually make. I, I posted one tonight, actually, which was came from one of his videos, which is a different way of creating black and white using wow. a, uh, a gradient map. Your Barangaroo shot? Yeah, that's, that's the one. Um, so it creates a gradient map, then uses a hue and saturation layer under that adjustment layer under that and then um what's the other one selective color and what you're doing is you're making subtle changes to the reds the blues the greens the cyans the magentas and so forth and you've got absolutely total control over how your blacks grays whites actually blend together and so if you want to highlight something that's in the yellows range because that's usually the brightest um, you know, you, you change your sliders a little bit and then using the selective colour, you can actually change how much cyan is in the yellows or how much magenta is in the yellows. And so, yeah, and, and this is all based off the fact that, you know, at a pixel level, each of those values around the, the, the colour and the saturation and the, the, the brightness or luminosity you know, the, the, all of those val- values change based on these controls that you use. And it it's just just makes a, a complete difference to the way that you you process black and white. Because the way I used to do it was you'd hit the black and white button <laughs> <laughs> and well, then I, change I, the contrast a bit, you know? You know I used to, I started out with black and white photography at school and going in and developing it myself and, 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 and thinking about, Working the color color charts on on that is just it doesn't it doesn't doesn't you know the whole different yeah. world. It, it it until I saw it, it didn't make a lot of sense to me. But having sat through it and practiced it and had to play around with it, it it just gives you total control. And I'm I'm a bit of a control freak, so I <laughs> I like more control, and I like I, I like that fine grain control where you can get right down to you know, uh, move, move that to the right 
an nth mm. of a, a nth of a pixel, and that will give you exactly what you want. You know, and to me that that that's where you start to really understand how light works and how you know. I mean, there, there may be some people look at that and they go, oh, "It's rubbish. There's, it's no good." You know, the, the the sky's too black or whatever. You know, but you know, it looked good to me at the end of the day, yeah, and that's all that it's matters. <laughs> so you you mentioned uh, learning black and white in, uh, in in high school. What what's your earliest photography memory? Oh, it would be that. So I I. I've always had a camera in my hand. Um, I, I did photography for the HSC way back in the 80s and 90s. Um, <laughs> it's all right. Safe space was, here. <laughs> yeah, I was a boarder at school, so there was a dark room and um, it sounds ridiculous. I used to go take photos of people's eyes and then go develop them because the cool. eyes had so much. Um, now I now I know that it's dynamic range because there's the white and the dark and there's everything in between in an eye. Yeah. So you would develop these photos and I'd just have these eyes everywhere. It was really weird. But um, and so I I've always had cameras. I remember my first digital camera. I think it was a sixty-four megabyte card from Sony that went into this huge big silly Sony camera that I bought in China when I was on holiday there yep. I don't know 25 years ago um and oh maybe not 20 25 20 years ago or whatever but the so there's always been a camera um and and, and then it's developed the drones and and landscape and etc cetera, etc cetera. but it it's it's been a long long journey of not understanding or appreciating what we had in our hand. Yeah, yeah. So when um, when when you uh, get out to travel, how far do you go? I'm fortunate I get to travel for work a lot. So I travel overseas um, to Asia um, and New Zealand, around Australia a lot. Um, and, and I, I love travelling, so my family and I travel quite a lot. Um, so, yeah, it, it's interesting. I had all these plans of where I was going to go and travel. We had Europe last year cancelled and Japan for cherry blossoms last year cancelled and Tasmania last year cancelled and, um, you know, all these things. Uh, so travelling is, is a bug and it's a it's an expensive hobby, but... Um, I can't wait to get back there doing it. Work is... Uh, no, nor can I. Now. <laughs> so it, it, is the plan to crank up the uh, motorhome and get out around Australia or is, we, absolutely. is that just a standby in case you can't get on a plane? No, well, we were just talking about that uh, cooking dinner tonight. I literally turned around and I said, the minute that... Gladys lifts that restriction. We are jumping in the home and we are driving somewhere for a week or two and I don't care where as long as it's not here. Um, <laughs> after talking, after, uh, um, I, I don't know whether, anyway, after listening to a couple of your podcasts, getting out to Broken Hill would be a great idea. And Yeah, I'm, um, I'm planning a trip out to visit uh, Adam as well. Yep. So I think, I think um, he might be getting a lot of visitors. Right. <laughs> We actually picked up, funny enough, we, we bought the motorhome in December last year thinking that this was the big year, right? And we drove, we bought it in Adelaide, so we drove it home. So we came through Broken Hill and Cobar and, and back through that way and we were going to go to uh, Menindi and Mungo, but it just didn't work out because it was it sort of didn't work with the four days that we had. And uh, so I've been desperate to get back there, but now I'm, ultra desperate to get back. So I think that's where I'm going first. Brilliant. Uh, no, I, I, I think uh, getting out and about is uh, on everyone's checklist in, in Sydney at the moment. Uh, look, we did Tasmania at Easter in the motorhome, which was great. Nice. The weather was terrible. So you, you uh, drove down and then caught the ferry across? Or? Yep, that was, which was awesome. Um, and uh, we did... Um, uh, in January, we did Sapphire Coast um, and around all that area, uh, in it, which was which was great as well. So a couple of weeks down there, um, and then yeah, we've been pretty much shoved in a box since then. 
<laughs> yeah, haven't we all? <laughs> so what, what's the best thing about being a photographer? Things, I suppose for me, again, it's I could go do yoga, I could go do, I'm not very good, I'm not very flexible, so I can't do Pilates or yoga. But to me, it's that self-time, that, that med, I guess I use meditation as a word, but it's that the ability to just forget everything else. Yeah. Today's society is manic, my work is manic, my family is manic. Um, so to just have that space. And then, to me, it's the community of the photography. So, so it's not just In Focus Women, which is an, an amazing community and I've met so many amazing people that um, in, both inspire and hopefully we inspire a little bit for. Um, mm -hmm. It's the broader community as well. It's the, you know, I've, I've got these people from all over the world who I talk to about their shots or my shots and, I would never have met those people had it not been for taking a shot of some landscape and posting it and communicating yeah, yeah. it. So it's the bringing together of the community and it's the ability of escaping reality. Yep. What's the and worst thing? The future of some sort of message about what we leave behind us. Yeah, great. What, what's the worst thing about being a photographer? Oh, 3 a.m. Or a landscape photographer. <laughs> 3 a.m., I tell you. Um, it's the hours because the best shots are before sun, after sun, before yep. dusk, after dusk, you know, and then in the middle of the night. There's, yeah. You don't take it. I mean, I don't think you take a good photo at midday. Um, well, it depends on where you are. I've seen some nice ones around the Rockies and uh, and that, but uh, not 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 too many around the beaches, unless you're doing a a, a tourism ad. <laughs> yes, well, that's true. But or if you're in Iceland and it's the middle of winter and midday is the only light that you well, get. Well, that's so it. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's the hours. I feel like it's the. Um, Sometimes you the, the best shots are also in the worst conditions. With um, so I don't think that a clear sky is necessarily the greatest time to go out and shoot. So you sometimes want rain, you sometimes want lightning, you sometimes want storms, you want big surf, you want. So it's the conditions. It's wet feet. It's cleaning gear. It's cleaning salt off tripods. It's you know it's all of those things. But I guess that's part of the process which we love. Yeah, yeah. Like we wouldn't do it, right? No, well, that's it. You wouldn't wouldn't do it if you didn't love it. So, what what about horror stories? Have you lost any gear? Have you? Yep. Have you been I, to Ivorone? Probably. Yes, in, uh, a couple of times. Yeah, I haven't I haven't actually shot there, but um, I've you know done done the walk around the uh, the rocks down there at Kudji. So I, I've been there a couple of times and I, I remember being there uh, and I had my my beautiful camera on my beautiful tripod and a wave came up and knocked me and my tripod and my camera into the rock pool. Um, so we all get out and we're dripping wet and I'm sitting here not, not sure what to do with my camera and tripod that's very, very wet and salty and whatever. But, I mean, I suppose that's the horror story i've had a few incidences with kangaroos late at night or early in the morning but they're nothing exciting we miss them all um but i think being knocked being knocked off a rock um with a wave was probably oh, i've had wet feet everyone's had wet feet and they've had close calls and they've run back from waves but yep. but actually being knocked off was was pretty um mind-opening about what you need to do to – so I take a little bit longer to watch the surf before I go. Yeah, yeah. The thing is there's always there's always one wave which is bigger than the others. And, yeah, you know, you, I, I, I've, you know, I've, I've been there. I've luckily never been knocked over, but, uh, uh, you know, you go out, you see the – watch the waves for a while. Yeah, it looks good, you know, and – Depends on whether you're on a rising tide as well. If the tide's okay. coming in and you just get that one one wave that's a little bit bigger and comes up a lot faster and a lot nastier than you uh, expected. I've, I've wet a lot of gear that way, but I've, yes. I've luckily never never been in a position where I've fallen over. And they say never turn your back on, on the ocean. Oh, definitely but, not, no. 
But occasionally you've got to take your eyes off it because you want to just check what's going on and flick through a few photos and sure. see, see how it's going and and then that's when disaster happens. But I think um, my lesson from that was I went and got appropriate uh, footwear for rock, rock, you know, going out. Absolutely, yeah. That, that's an ab absolute must. And anyone listening that wants to go and do uh, photography on a rock shelf uh, beside the sea, get yourself proper footwear because if you're out there and you don't have it, I've seen people... I've seen photographers and fishermen out there in thongs. Um, uh, that's what I was wearing. I was about to say, don't or, wear thongs, people. Yeah, or, or flip-flops for the uh, the international listeners. Sandals <laughs> if you're from New Zealand. Yeah. Uh, if, you, if, you're, um, if you're wearing them, they're not appropriate footwear. And it's a disaster. disaster. Yeah, it is a disaster waiting to happen. Yeah, uh, and I know it's interesting. You you see a lot of the uh, advertisements for um, you know people that do rock fishing and so mm -hmm. forth, you know, to wear life vests. And to be honest, I've ne I've never seen a photographer do it, but you sometimes standing in the same locations as as these rock fishermen, it's probably not a bad idea. I really no, I've never thought of doing it myself until I started to see some of those ads. I reckon I've. I've, there's a couple of occasions where I have thought, you know what, getting down there in that would be unbelievable. You would get yeah. the best shot, but it's unsafe and you don't. But then if you think, okay, if I've got a life vest, I probably would go do that. So yeah. I think that's, I think now we've said it, I guarantee people will start putting life vests on and go and getting photos that we wish we were taking. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll stand well back. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I don't mind getting a bit wet. You can't, you, you can't do seascaping without getting wet or waterfalls without oh. getting wet. But uh, I'm, I'm also very much not about getting into a position where I can't get out of it. And you know, yeah. uh, we're wearing a life vest. You know, as I say, it's probably not a bad idea in some of the places I go, but, um, you know, I, I definitely try not to get close enough that I'm likely to get washed in. I think the closest I've, like, apart from, believe it or not, closest to home I ever row was probably down Horsehead Rock at Camel Rock, yeah. you know, when you walk around there and you, you think, okay, if I'm going to walk around rather than do that top walk where you go down the steep, Cliff to get down a horse head. If I'm going to go around the rock from from Camel Rock. I probably think that that's a time I would go. It's not a bad idea to have some sort of protection for if I'm as if you know. Yeah, it's 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 not around. too bad at low tide, but you've really got a time you run and you yeah, and you exactly. shoot and know that you're either climbing up that cliff or you yes. or or you or you're going to. Uh, you know, wait for the tide to change back, you know, if you if you yeah, spend well, too long shooting there. And I, I, know, I mean, I know some people that have, you know, done, uh, you know, a full night, um, you know, from from tide to tide uh, or or even a full day, tide to tide. Um, but, yeah. stuff, that little area is... Oh, yeah, very, very, very secluded. The, the time I was shooting down there, there was this old bloke down there and he kind of looked like he lived on the beach wow well it's not a bad beach to live on yeah but um yeah it, it was just one of those uh, unusual people he wasn't there wasn't fishing wasn't uh you know what wasn't there with a boat wasn't there with a camera so i don't know what he was up to he was probably just enjoying the view but um yeah yeah as i say he kind of kind of looked like he lived there but uh, when, you, when you think about that little couple of hundred metre patch, you've got, you know, Horsehead Rock, Camel Rock, um, some of the most beautiful um, inland waterways just going up on the drone and looking back that way. Yeah. And just in Gulliger, uh, you know, Mount Gulliger in the background, you just, you sort of, you, you just can't go wrong. I think that. No, absolutely. Um, well, that, that whole stretch pretty much from uh, Naruma all the way down to oh. Eden. And, oh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's places even further down than Eden that are just as nice as well. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it's a top spot. I, I really envy uh, Davy Rogers living down there. I, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, 
I've got a place uh, up on the central coast and uh, that I'm I'm renting out, but um, you know that that's sort of like the uh, the retirement plan is to go and yeah. uh, sit up there and mine, then you know five minute walk to the beach. <laughs> yeah, mine's the house next door to Davies. I keep telling him I'm going to get down there and build next to him, and he's like, "Oh!" So yeah, that's my plan with a motorhome. I rock up there regularly. <laughs> Just park on his lawn. <laughs> oh, we have. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, sure. So, what what tips do you have for someone who's just starting out in landscape photography? Oh goodness. Um, I think the, the first tip that I wish someone told me would have been do it for yourself and not for the pleasure of other people. So yeah. take a lot. Um, so shoot always and often and everything you can to start with um, and do it for yourself. Don't ask people for feedback. So constructive criticism is amazing and it's fantastic, but yeah. shoot what you want to shoot, not shoot what you think other people want you to shoot or what you think is going to be popular. Definitely, um, yeah. If you, if you just flow with that, then it, it really stems to being true to yourself about what you want to shoot. Um, and it also allows you to maintain that happiness, again, as much as we can be happy in COVID. But um, I guess that would be my, my if I, someone said that to me. Uh, that's great. Great answer, that. Um, if you weren't a photographer, what would you be? Well, I'm a lawyer, um, so I wouldn't be that. If I, if I couldn't be a lawyer, I'd be a photographer. <laughs> um, I actually think that I would be a sports journalist. Okay. I love sports. So if I could be a sports photographer, that would be amazing. But um, I think yeah, I would know, be... you made a big budget for the lenses for that, though. Yeah, I know. Crazy. <laughs> um I think I'd be a sports sports journalist. Oh, nice. Well, a professional sports person, but that seems like so much hard work. <laughs> a lot of training. <laughs> mind, mind you, when you think about the hours that you put into photography and uh, all the rest of it, the train, you know, yeah, okay, it's, it's not physical, but, you know. Think about all the time and energy that you spend on YouTube videos and, and editing yep. and and then out in the field and then researching gear that you might want to get, which lenses and all of that sort of stuff, we're probably on par with a professional athlete. Pretty much, yeah. I, re I reckon I've got my 10,000 hours up. <laughs> oh, for sure, for sure. <laughs> all right. You know you know what's coming now is the, uh, the last and most important question. So what's the answer? Pineapple on pizza or not? Oh, absolutely. And, and I... And I think everybody said that so far, so, you know. Uh, so, uh, so, so far on the ones that have been released. The, the, right, there's, oh, there's some ones coming. Okay, I'm yeah, sorry. There's, there's a couple that I've, I've yeah, there's a couple that I've had that uh, were, um, were a bit against it. But that's okay, you know, it's, oh. it, it's a democracy. <laughs> it, it is, and uh, it's a great question. But there you go, I've got a question for you. Okay. Violet Crumble or Crunchy? Oh, Violet Crumble, probably because I got right into that up. before I got into Crunchy. Yeah, right answer. There you go. There's <laughs> another question you can start asking people. Definitely, definitely. I'll put it on the list. <laughs> oh, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, Serena, and, you know, it's, it's been absolutely fantastic. I really appreciate the time that uh, you and, you know, all the other guests have been putting into um into doing this with me um so you know it's it's great hearing about you know what you do and how you do what you do where can people find your work oh mine is pretty pretty straightforward it's serena jackson on instagram facebook that's i think that's pretty much where i am um and the web uh and then in focus women uh which is again on the web facebook and instagram so um they're the two places. My work's not necessarily on In Focus Women. My work's on my personal stuff. But my passion project, which is definitely um, what I think is way bigger and more important than my personal stuff, is In Focus Women. Fantastic. All right. Well, brilliant talking Thank to you. you. Thank, thanks a lot. Thank you.
Thanks, everyone, for listening to Landscape Photography World. I hope you enjoyed the show and keep listening because there will be some great guests joining me in upcoming episodes. You can find my work and this podcast at grantswinburnphotography.com. I'm also on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. I'm Grant Swinburne and hope to see you out shooting soon. Mm -hmm.